0: Welcome to Reception Insider. My name is Cathy Back from the RACGP Tasmania Faculty.
1: And I'm Ann Davis from the
0: New South Wales and ACT Faculty. Fantastic. Today we're going to talk about the use of chaperones and observers in general practice. This is a part of the fifth standard of the RACGP Standards for General Practice.
1: Yes, Cathy, that's right. So I think the standard actually says something like our practice obtains and documents prior consent of a patient when the practice introduces a third party to the consultation. I thought maybe we have a little look at medical students first because they're the ones that we're more likely to have. Certainly I know my last practice we have back-to-back medical students through the year plus nursing students so it was a, a lot of fun with them. Let's think about the role of the receptionist when we have a med- medical student because really the receptionist has a critical role to ensure the practice complies with this standard. If you think about it, the practice manager is the one who liaises with the university and often signs off with information about the medical student, but the receptionist does all the practical things. And these practical things are like when the patient rings to make an appointment. We let them know that there's a medical student and we give them an option to change that appointment. Or when they're arriving for the appointment, again, just a reminder that Dr. Jones has a medical student. I think little phrases like that are really useful. But also adding on, are you still happy for the student to be in the room or would you prefer not? So ensuring that the patient has sufficient opportunity to provide consent. Also, remind patients that if at any time they would like the medical student to leave, they can certainly request that. You know, the conversation with the GP might go a little bit in a different direction, and you know, the patient's feeling a bit uncomfortable. So, reminding the patient that they can withdraw at any time.
0: And also, Anne, I think if a doctor has registration requirements to have a chaperone or a nurse for intimate exams, they still need to get the patient's consent. So I think that's worth remembering too. Oh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. If you think about it, the workflow or the patient flow with the medical student, the receptionist has done all that prepping about before the appointment and when they arrive. But it's also critical that this happens because The doctor might ask as well, but it's really a bit tricky and a little bit embarrassing if the medical student's right there. It's difficult for the patient to say no. So on a practical side, something that I used to do would be, and you remember that in order for a GP to be paid for having the medical student, there's a form, a Medicare form, that needs to be completed for Medicare. And on it, it details the days, the times, and which GP the medical student was sitting in with. And the GPs need to sign the form. So what I used to do is I actually give the medical student responsibility for having that form signed. I must admit, I did just photocopy the form. I didn't give them the original. But by giving it to the medical student, it means that for me as a practice manager, I didn't have to go and race around and trying to grab all the different doctors. It might be easier if there's just one, but even so, you've still got to get those signatures. It's a great idea. Yeah, the other thing that we did was we actually gave the medical student responsibility for placement of the information sign outside the doctor's consulting room. So most universities will give some sort of, you know, document with their logo and, you know, this practice has our medical student, things like that. And whilst it's good to have it up at reception, the other thing I did was I laminated gave them the blue tag, and it was their responsibility each day, depending on which doctor they were in with, to actually stick it up on the door. I'm trying to reduce work for practice managers and receptionists by getting the medical student to do it. But I was just interested in what you were saying about the other requirements. And I guess there's other third parties, isn't there?
0: There are lots of other third parties that could be
1: there as well, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think things like rehab providers, carers, Mm -hmm. I guess the patient's consent for their presence may be inferred purely because they're there. But it might be prudent to check. What do you think? You
0: know, just talking that you're having the rehab provider in your consultation? Absolutely. I think it's definitely worth checking because there are times when a patient who is with a rehab provider may actually prefer to start the consultation with the doctor alone and then bring the rehab provider in. So it's a great opportunity for them to say, you just wait out here for a minute and when we're ready, we'll bring you in. Mm. I used to work as a rehab provider and I had found that that happened many times. Mm. Patients would like to have their little private bit first and then bring me in when they were ready. So yeah, mm. no one should feel insulted by that. That's just the way it happens. <laughs> so absolutely, I think that's a great thing. But also I was thinking if, a, a say, a 16-year-old came in or it was you know sixteen to eighteen ish with a parent. That's sometimes a tricky one because it may be that teenager may want to talk to the doctor about things that are private. And I think as a parent, you just think, well, of course I'm going in. Mm. But that may well not be what your mm. teenager wants. And I think that you know really that's an area where perhaps consent should be given as well. Well, I
1: guess I could just use that same phrase just checking that you're okay to have your mum with your consultation.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think that's a really good idea. And, you know, most teenagers aren't upset about saying, no, I'd rather be by myself. (laughs) They don't worry about upsetting mum. (laughs) I think that's a great one too. Fantastic. And I think it's important that every consent must be documented in the patient's notes every single time a third party is present. So I think that, you know, Doctors are busy and everyone's busy, but it's vitally important. So, even if a patient brings their own chaperone, the GP has to note this in the patient's notes. The GP also needs to be able to let the patient know that they can choose their own chaperone or observer if they would prefer, and they need to be at least 18 years of age, the chaperone. And it's worth noting that bringing a family member or a friend as an observer can carry some risk, including inadvertent risk of confidentiality breaches or some embarrassment. So I think need to be careful about who you choose as your chaperone.
1: And I think you're right about the consent. Um, the standard states that the details of the chaperone must be recorded in the patient notes so that they can be subsequently identified if required. I was also thinking, you know, if at reception you've asked that question, it might be prudent for the um, receptionist to, you know, document either in the appointment notes or in the notes, depending on the access level, you know, Mrs. Jones has her rehab provider and has consented to her being present. So something like
0: that might be worth I think that's, yes, that's great. And I think they should, if it's a rehab provider, maybe also write, document the name of the rehab provider and the company that they're from. So that if the doctor is looking back and needs to write reports or anything like that, or the insurance company wants information, they have all of that there too.
1: Yeah, that's a good example of teamwork, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I think it's a great way that the reception staff and the doctors can work to make life easier for each other. It's also important to note that should a patient decline their consent to have a third party present, that also should be documented in the notes.
1: Yes, yes. Good point there.
0: So, yes. So, look, this is just a quick one today, but confidentiality is very important and consent, making sure that anyone who's in the room with the doctor and the patient is noted in notes and that everyone has given their consent for it is a vitally important part of making sure that you adhere to the standards.
1: So, we've put a couple of links in the show notes that might be useful. And that brings us to the end of this podcast. Until next time. Keep doing that great job you're doing. Thank you.